want you to close your eyes right now and just feel His love. You know, you can feel the love of God. It's tangible. You can actually feel it. It's like warm. It's like soft. It's like gentle. It's like a soft blanket wrapped around you. It's it's like a warm summer breeze on your face. It's like it's like the sound of laughter in your ears. It's like the most beautiful joy inside of your belly. The love of God completely satisfies you. Thank you for your love, Lord. Tonight I believe there are people who are going to get revelations about the love of God. Maybe you've known the Lord for a long, long time or maybe a short time. But tonight God so desperately wants to reveal himself to you. You know, all this week I was away with him and asking him, Lord, what do you want to say to your people? And I wanted so much to come up with a sermon, you know, that would just be so profound. And I felt him in heaven just weeping. I just want them to know that I know them. I know them. I'm intimately involved and interested in every tiny, minute aspect of who they are, what they do, what they feel, what they think. I want them to know that I know them. And so a couple of days ago, I downloaded a new album um, and I was listening to it and just this song came out and I just began to weep because I knew it was what God wanted to say to his church. And so I could have just played the CD for you tonight, but I rang my friend Andy Sorensen and I said, Andy, will you come help me? Because I really feel like I need to sing this song. And sometimes, you know, the sound of a song speaks louder than words. And so if you just take your seats right now, Andy's going to come up, my friend, and we're going to sing a song, me and Andy and Jess. Everyone say hi, Andy. Andy, I'll tell you about him later. Wow. Everyone just breathe. Just breathe. Yeah, we just learned this song today, so if I look down here sometimes, it's okay. Just listen to the voice of God, okay? Just listen. you will 
each one of us, God. And I pray tonight that a revelation would come into this place. That God, although you hung the stars in the, in the sky and you make the oceans move by your breath, and yet you know us. Lord, you're, as, you're larger than the whole universe, but you're small enough to fit inside of me. This astounds me. Absolutely astounds me. Never ceases to amaze me. Tonight, God wants you to know that he knows you. Amen. He wants you to know that. I'm just going to share a few things with you. And then I'm going to sing that song again with Andy and Jess. And I believe that this altar is going to be full of Christians who get a revelation of the love of God and people for the very, very first time realize that he loves them. Amen. If I can have that pulpit, please. Jesse Bess. And she, who, who loves Andy? Andy is a musician, uh, a writer, he is a producer, um, and right now him and his wife Kathy are writing a new album that they're just about to, well they're in the process of recording, so I'm really excited. This is Andy's album here. An older one. Good looking photo, Andy. Photoshop. (laughs) That's available up the back if you want to purchase that. Can we just turn Andy's keyboard down in the fold back for a minute while I speak? Thanks. That would be great. Listen to this um, psalm. It's Psalm 139, my favourite psalm. It says this, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. That's good news. For you created my inmost being. Everybody say that. You created my inmost being. It says, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to pass. 
How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. (laughs) I mean, we need to read the word of God as if it's a love story written just for you. You need to read scripture as it was written from the mouth of God straight to your heart. Because this is a God who is speaking to his beloved. This is a God that's speaking about not just some mistake that happened, not just someone that happened to be uh, born by, you know, someone, some human being's consent or without some human being's consent. But God planned every life, every single life. Every single life has been planned by God. It doesn't matter how you were born, in what circumstances you were born, or who you were born to. What matters is who made you in the first place. And if you can get a hold of that very concept that in the beginning there was God, And in the beginning of your life, in the very beginning, when you were just a seed, there was God. And he formed you in your mother's womb. It wasn't your mother that formed you. It was God. God put his hands into your mother's womb and fashioned you and shaped you. It says like a potter shapes clay. He made you incredibly, uniquely different from any other human being, listen, on the earth ever, ever. There has never been another Gale, never Gale, and never will be. Why? Because we only need one. Because Gail fills our life with, with all that Gail is that God ordained for her to bring to the earth. And it's a Gail flavor that no one else has. And what would we do without the Gail flavor if she didn't pour it out on us? There would be a part of my heart missing if Gail didn't pour her flavor out upon me. I would have an essence of life that I had never discovered if she hadn't chosen to use the love of God that's inside of her to pour out on other human beings as a unique human being. And so God knows each one of us intricately. And, and you know, you know, many of you know that a few years ago I took up art and it's, you know, it's just something that I love to do for me because I can express me. And it's my time when I can just be with God and I put on worship music and I get my paints out and I just start to paint. And it's just like I'm in this zone, just with me and God and the paints. And I was so frustrated just recently because it's like I've hit this ceiling where I know that I need someone to help me get further. You know, when you're just not, you know, you're producing stuff, you go, this isn't good enough anymore. And so when we were on holidays, we went to visit another church. And this lady came up to me. She said, oh, hi, you know, no, no. And we got to meet each other. And she ended up being an artist. But she wasn't just any artist. She was a portrait artist. And that's my passion. And, and you know, I said to her, oh, it's so amazing that I got to meet you. And she, she showed me her work. I was just like, 
you know, dumbfounded. I'm so glad I got to meet you because, you know, I feel like I've hit this ceiling and I need some advice. I don't know what to do. And she said, Julie, what's your passion? Are you painting your passion now? I said, I'm just painting things to sell because I need money. And uh, she said, stop, stop painting things to sell. Stop that and start painting your passion. And she said, what's your passion? I said, my passion is people. I love faces. I just love people's faces. I love eyes. I love, I'd love to reach in and paint a soul. And uh, she said, that's your gift. You've got to do it. So I don't even know where to start. She said, this is where you start. You've got to start studying the human face. You've got to start studying the human bone structure. You've got to start sketching and sketching and sketching. Forget about painting. Put your paints aside. Just start sketching and getting to know the intricacy of every human face and the difference. And uh uh-huh. Wow. You know how God brings revelation from things, you know? And I started drawing. I did Marilyn Monroe first. And... um, yeah, and she, she turned out really well. And um, God rest her soul. And, um, and then I started drawing Jessie. Now, I know Jessie's face. So I'm drawing from a photo that doesn't look like what Jessie looks like right now at this moment. Because in a photo, it's like you're catching a glimpse, or one glimpse, one glimpse of a person. But she's got about a thousand expressions in a minute. And it's like, which one do I capture? And I'm trying to capture this face on this photo that I'm painting and I realise that it's, it's, just a, it's just one snippet. And I, you know, I realise that all I have to do is put one shadow in the wrong place and her face looks completely like someone else. Or one tiny line, you know, a quarter of a millimetre out in her jaw structure or whatever. And it's like, this doesn't look like Jess. And then she goes, Mum, the jaw's not wide enough. I move it a quarter of a millimetre. Oh, there you are. It's just amazing. And I was thinking about God. I was thinking about God. That, you know, in that song, it says, you memorise me. Wow. God memorises me. But he doesn't just memorise one glimpse or one photo or one expression but God memorizes me from the moment that I was in my mother's womb every expression every movement every every feeling every emotion every every strand of hair he knows how many he knows he counts them he counts how many how many people know you lose hair Every day. Some people lose permanently. Sorry, my friend. Some people shave it off. But listen, he counts the hair follicles. And he knows how many, how many hairs are on your head. That, that means that he has to do a daily check, maybe an hourly check. You know, every time I brush my hair, I get a, a brush full. So he's got, he goes, okay, minus 50. And he counts them again. I find that astounding. You know, the the Bible says that we're made in the image of God. Is that right? We're made in the image of God. And, you know, if you want to know sort of God's heart, you can kind of look at us because we kind of have an image of God. 
And God is male and female. He's masculine and feminine. Uh, He's maternal and he's paternal. And one way you can see the heart of God is by looking at a mother. You know, and, and I think it absolutely astounds me. We were camping with um, Julian Andrew and the two kids and Charlie, who's seven months old, got a tummy bug, vomiting and diarrhea, and he was so sick. And you know what? I was way over, over the other side of the whole caravan park and there's kids everywhere. It's full packed. Like you can't move in that place at that time of year. Just kids on bikes and kids screaming, kids crying, because they're all intense, so you can hear everything. But I knew, as a grandmother, I knew my grandchild's cry. I knew when Charlie was crying in the middle of the night, I could hear him. I'd say, wake Phil up, that's Charlie, pray. You know, do you know that God knows your cry? Do you know that above all the noise, God will hear your cry? You know, there was a certain woman, Mary Magdalene, and she was like a woman of the night, an unsavory type woman. And she thought, if I can just get near Jesus, if I could just, if I could just get near him, Maybe he would look at me and see something different than I see myself. Maybe he would look at me and see something different than everybody else sees in me. Maybe he would look at me and see some hope. Maybe there's hope in his eyes. If I could just touch him. If I could just be near him. And she went to this Pharisee's house who was a religious leader of the time. I mean, she could have been killed for going there. And she ran in and threw herself at Jesus' feet. And she started to wash Jesus' feet with her tears and dry them with her hair. And the religious leader said, if you knew what kind of woman this was that was touching you, if you were really a prophet, you would know her. And I can imagine Jesus thinking, I do know her. And I know you. See, I came into your house, you didn't even offer to wash my feet, but she washed them with her tears. You didn't even put oil on my head, but she dried my feet with her hair and kissed my feet. And he lifted up the little chin of that little woman And I could imagine these piercing eyes looking straight in, straight in, straight in, finding her. He said, woman, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. What he was saying is, somebody knows you. Somebody loves you. Get up. And go and live with the knowledge that you are known. It's awesome, isn't it? There was another woman, Samaritan woman. And the the Jews were not supposed to hang out with Samaritans. They were unsavory. 
And Jesus went to this well. He knew. He knew that this woman would come to this well on this particular day. And he goes to the well and he waits for her to come. And I can imagine the anticipation in his heart. Today, she's going to know that somebody knows her. Today, she's going to find out that someone cares enough to know the finer details of her life. You know, song said, you know every detail of my life. And she comes along and she's going to draw water. And he says, you know, can you get me a drink of water? And he said to her, if, if you knew who it was that was asking you for a drink, because if you drink the water that I give you, you will never thirst again. And she must have been looking at this man strangely. So I've heard about a Messiah coming. And he said, well, well, go and get your husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. He said, I know. And he began to tell her her whole life. How many husbands she'd had. How many misfortunes she'd had things that have gone wrong in her life. But the look on his face, the expression on his face must not have changed because she didn't turn and run. She didn't feel condemned. She didn't feel judged. She sat in awe. And she ran into her village. She said, come with me. Come with me. You've got to meet this man. You've got to meet this man because he told me all about myself. You've got to meet this man because he knows everything about me. You know, and this is a beautiful thing she said here. going to read you this from verse 28 it says then leaving her water jar the woman went back to the town and said to the people come and see a man who told me everything I did could this be the Christ they came out of the town and made their way toward him many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony he told me everything I did she told them he knew me He knows me. He knows me. He's not a God that's far off and distant. He knows me. He told me everything that I did. He knows me intimately. He knows every detail of my life. And yet he loves me. And yet he accepts me. And they looked at her. And so when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, listen to this, profound. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man is really the saviour of the world. See, when you really, 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 really know that he knows you, and that he totally accepts you right where you are right now, you will become such a natural source of the love of God to those around you 
They won't see religion on you. They won't see rules and regulations on you. They'll see a person that is loved and can love. They'll see a person that is known and is making God known. Because when we know, we know, we know, we know that He knows us. We're in love. When someone loves you like that, you can't help but love back. You can't help but open up your heart to someone who doesn't judge you. You can't help but open up your heart to someone who knows you, everything about you. From the minute you were born till now, everything is written in his book. Every detail of your life is written down, past, present and future. He is the first and he is the last. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. And he is with you right through. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Let me sing this song over you one more time. And while I'm singing, I'm asking this. If you feel like tonight you really would like God to just pour his love out on you, and you know him, you're a Christian, but you want a revelation, you just want him to pour his love, why don't you come and stand on this side of the altar as I sing and just let God pour into you. And then if you... If you do not know Jesus, if like this woman who ran to Jesus and she didn't even know if he would accept her or not, tonight, why don't you run to him right here and say, Jesus, I believe in you. I know that you know me now and I want to be known by you. I want to open up my heart to you and let let you know everything. And I want to know you. I want to know you, Jesus, like you know me. Tonight we're going to give you that opportunity. If that's you, if you have friends with you that are not Christians tonight, this is the side of the altar for that. Amen. Let's just all close our eyes. Amen.